Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Today, I'm really excited to be interviewing author, musician, and cancer survivor, Rob Pryor. Now, in January 2013, which is 10 years ago, author and musician Rob Pryor experienced his worst nightmare when he was diagnosed with late stage three cancer. The CT scans showed he had a 6.5 centimetre tumour in his right kidney. As if that wasn't bad enough, his liver was seriously damaged and he was on death's doorstep. The specialist recommended immediate surgery, but Rob decided not to rush into it. Then came the difficult decision on whether to put his faith in modern medicine or holistic healing protocols. Fortunately, he had the guidance of some remarkable people, an interrogative practitioner with a good track record, a gifted emotional healer, a brilliant naturopath, and a community of people who had successfully healed themselves of cancer holistically. Combining his scientific background and intuition, Rob pieced together the jigsaw puzzle and came to the conclusion that the human body is an extraordinary self healing organism and I totally agree. Rob made profound changes to his diet, lifestyle and mindset and adopted a wide range of detox protocols. 13 months later and he was in, which is just remarkable, perfect health. His kidney tumour was gone in 13 months and his liver was in perfect condition. Now almost 10 years since his diagnosis, Rob's health is better than ever. Not only that, but Rob also experienced a remarkable personal, emotional and spiritual transformation. Rob's book, The Healing Power of Success, is an inspiring blow-by-blow -blow account of how Rob cured himself of cancer in 2013. And so I'd love to welcome Rob Pryor. Thank you, Rob, for your time. Hey, Janelle, great to be here. I just want to make one little correction, if I may. Yes. Uh, you call the book The Healing Power of Success. It's actually The Healing Power of Cancer. Oh, the, yeah, I have got cancer here. Yeah. <laughs> Small, but big detail, actually. The Healing Power of Cancer. Yes, wonderful. So thank you so much, Rob, for coming today and um, going to share your story, which is so powerful. Um, the first question I've got for you is how did this all come about? Um, I mentioned quickly when we when we uh, started communicating, my my husband has been diagnosed. Well, in June he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, so we've gone through different emotions, the shock, the you know finding out all of those sorts of things. So tell me when you tell me when you just found out what, what was the process of what of that time when you just my health was declining through twenty twelve. Yeah. And by January 2013, I was very, very ill, but I didn't know why. Yeah. I knew all the symptoms I had of nausea, fatigue, lumps, bumps, rashes, stabbing pains. Uh, I was very, very ill. There were just so many symptoms, but I, I really didn't know why. Yeah. And a series of blood tests showed nothing. Uh, urine, feces tests, um, ultrasound scan showed nothing. More blood tests showed nothing. Till eventually, in the pathology lab, uh, a nurse called a doctor in who took the initiative or asked me, could they do a CT scan or a series of CT scans, to which I agreed. 
yeah. they're not really supposed to do that because you're supposed to actually get a doctor's referral. But yeah. I, I was just, by that stage, I was so desperate to know what the hell was going on. I thought I had a neurological disorder because I had yeah. the shakes. Wow. shaking like this and uh, 24-7. And uh, that uh, eventually the CT scans came back and showed that I had a 6.5 centimetre tumour in my right kidney. Wow. So that was late January, I think January the 25th, 2013. You said almost 10 years ago. It's actually almost 11 years now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. When you say 6.5 centimetres, I suppose when you think about how big that is, I'm thinking of a ruler. That's a, that's a massive tumour. It's big. And yeah. here's the funny thing. Uh, all, the th all through that year of recovery, which is 2013, um, I never had any awareness that kidney cancer is one of the worst. You know, kidney, liver, pancreatic are three of the worst, apparently. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a good thing I didn't know that because yeah, that would have yeah. freaked me out more. I was already pretty upset and freaked out. If you talk about the emotions you and your husband have been through, well, I, I was already distraught, to put it mildly. And then it wasn't till well after, years after my recovery that I was doing research, actually in the process of writing my book, that I found out that the uh, survival rate for kidney cancer is not very good, uh, yeah. along with liver cancer and pancreatic. They, they've got terrible, terrible survival rates, which I guess makes me more proud of what I, I achieved. But, you know, if you can knock that one on the head, you can knock almost anything on the head. And you haven't asked me this, but by the way, I do believe uh, it is possible through naturopathic means to cure practically any form of cancer. The, the protocols are pretty much the same right across the board. Yeah. How did you come about, and I know we've got so much to discuss, I've got so many questions, but it's it's such a shock when you're, the big C word. It's yeah. interesting because I was looking at my bookcase here and I've got a photo of my dad. My dad died when I was 17 of lung cancer. And I think about what he went through. So he went through the typical conventional medicine, even though he, I found, I just recently found out he really didn't want to go down that track. Mm. But that was, you know, in those days, that was particularly when you couldn't, couldn't research stuff, couldn't Google stuff. Uh, it was just, okay, that's the, that's the path you go. There's yeah. no other path. Like, yeah. you know, and there's no, and so he did go down that path and I saw him suffer down that path. Um, what, what was the, the, the opening for you to, were you always someone that thought, no, natural medicine, I'm open to natural medicine, or was this something that you learnt along the way with your diagnosis? It was a gradual trend towards naturopathic medicines or, or therapies over many years, but not really conscious. Yeah. Uh, when you're young, if your health's good, you take it for granted, you just get on with life. But there were little things, um, for instance, in my teenage years, uh, I would, if I had a headache, I'd take a headache tablet. And then someone said to me, you know, they're not very good for your body. They, they uh, can wreak havoc on your internal organs. Um, and they only suppress the symptoms. They don't treat the, the root cause. And then they, they said, well, you know, there are other ways of fixing a headache. But I think, I think they said 80% of headaches come from neck tension. So if you do neck stretching exercises, you can often relieve a headache that way. Or yeah. putting ice blocks in a face washer at the base of your neck, believe it or not, yeah, can actually uh, eliminate a headache quite naturally with no detrimental side effects that drugs have. So that was just one little thing. But I didn't think deeply about it. I didn't go reading books on 
holistic medicine or anything, not at all. You know, I, I had other uh, pursuits and, and, and goals and endeavors. But then in my 20s, uh, I would go to a doctor when I had a cold or flu, which was persistent, and get a prescription of antibiotics until someone, this is all like apocryphal, you know, you talk to a friend or a relative or something and they, they say something. Uh, so they, they were saying, uh, antibiotics are not very good for your body. They're going to reduce the efficiency of your immune system over a long period of time. Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, gee, what's the alternative? Uh, not out of any great desire to pursue that type of medicine. Yeah. But then I heard that um, garlic can, uh, can, can accelerate the healing of cancer, uh, not cancer, of, 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 a, of a cold or flu, yeah. or having a very hot bath to sweat it out or sauna to sweat yeah. it out can accelerate your recovery. And, and there are many such natural treatments, which I started to find were better than yeah. uh, than the antibiotics and the other things. That they, they worked quite quickly and gave me a great feeling of well-being. Yeah. So there was just this vague sort of interest, but nothing focused or sustained, just a bit here and a bit there, and nothing connected. Uh, so I was no expert on it. Yeah. Uh, but it was in the back of my head. So I was sort of, I guess, intuitively or instinctively kind of moving in that direction. Yeah, but but still, you know, when I was ill, I, I raced straight off to the doctor and did all the tests dutifully, yeah. and and was hanging upon the results coming back. And then when he uh, booked me in to see the specialist the next day after he got the scans back, I went along to the specialist because I thought he's an expert. Yeah, if, he's got, if anyone's going to know, he's going to know. Yeah. So you know, I'm still entrenched within the allopathic medicine medical system to some extent, to a great extent. Yeah, because and the interesting thing that I love about you is because you've got that scientific background. Yeah. So you like facts and data and yeah. specifics. And and the thing is, I think that some sometimes people think that if you don't go down a conventional path, that you're not like that, that you're all airy-fairy, yeah. <laughs> which is not the case. Like the people that I know and... Um, myself, I'm very much about researching things and and but keeping an open mind, I think that's what I think is so important. And this is what you've done and this is what we we're doing on our path is well, to keep my, an open mind. Keep an open mind and my recovery depended entirely upon science. Uh, but but a wider range of science than uh, what doctors are, are usually trained in. In fact, what they're always trained in, a much broader scope of what science actually is but it, it had a lot to do with the science of human biology the way that i cured myself yeah fab that's fabulous so when you so you got your diagnosis you went and saw the specialist and then from the specialist is that when they said that that you need an operation yes the specialist yeah. recommended surgery asap yeah so i saw him on a friday morning in late january 2013 yeah. And he was recommending surgery the following Tuesday. So we're talking about four days later. Yeah. Which is very fast. Yeah. And many people, I think, I'm going to assume here or, or, or guesstimate, many people in that situation would think, oh my God, I'm in a terrible, terrible situation. And this lovely fellow is wanting to accelerate me into surgery as quickly as possible to nip this thing in the bud and, and to save my life. So, yes. you know, I, who am I to question that? I'd better follow this advice. Yeah. I think that's a typical sort of reaction, and especially when you're gripped with fear. But yeah. my reaction was the polar opposite, believe it or not. Mm. I felt I was being coerced into something 
to do it quicker than I was ready to do. I wanted to, being a scientist, yeah. and uh, I'm actually a mathematics teacher, but a logical thinker, I wanted yeah. to do research. I mean, proper research or investigation, talk to people, watch videos, read books, read articles, think about it, contemplate the options. Yeah. So uh, I interpreted the uh, the rush, his rush to get me into surgery uh, in the opposite way. I thought, God, I'm, I'm more sceptical than ever. Why, why does he want to do it so quickly? What's that yeah. all about? <laughs> and it's good to have that healthy form of scepticism. You know, that's how you can be open-minded when you you can have that healthy form of scepticism when you go, hold on a minute, let me just question this or look at this a little bit more deeper. Yeah. Is there another way? Yeah. Or, and, and, you know, I absolutely admire that because Thank I you. think that we are conditioned to, you know, when you said most people, and I agree with you, most people would just go down that route, number one, because they're in a fearful state, which yeah. means that we, we're not we're not uh, thinking clearly yeah. often, and you know the big C word scares everyone to to death. Um, and the other thing is that someone that people looks up to, like a doctor or a you know, where whether it be a politician or whatever, someone that's been has a stature in society to look up to is a specialist who knows what they're doing is also another reason for most people to go, oh, hold on, they know what they're doing. I don't. <laughs> exactly. My father, um, not directly but indirectly, taught me to question authority figures, to question government, politicians, yeah. corporations, media, even school. Yeah. Uh, and he said, you know, sometimes people in these positions of power abuse their position of power uh, yeah. for their own greed, their own self-interest and not in the interest of the people they're supposed to be serving. Now, he didn't say, listen, son, and sit me down to have a lesson. It's just, he was watching the news. He, he, he put in his own comment, his own slant, his perspective on it. And so I sort of picked up on that. Uh, maybe my other siblings didn't pick up on it to the same extent, but uh, yeah. maybe they did. I don't know. But uh, um, I, I took heed of that and I thought, and I thought contemplated it for many years throughout my life. So a lot of this is the accumulation of, of ideas and experiences that you've been through through many, many years of life. It's not suddenly you take a sudden left turn and think, I'm going to walk away from the medical profession. I'm going to go holistic. Not, not like that at all. It's just yeah. piecing together the jigsaw bit by bit over many, many years. And then I started to think about the financial motives of doctors and drug companies. And then I started to read and hear that drug companies make trillions of dollars profit, not billions. Yeah. And even as a mathematician, my, my mind boggles with that sort of figure. Yeah. Trillion dollars. I mean, what is it? It's yeah. just it just sounds like it rhymes with million and billion and you don't know what it is. It's so big because most people don't even have a million dollars unless they've got a million dollar house, which they're yeah. probably paying off to the bank. But I think a trillion is a million million, which means if you, if you can imagine you had a million dollars and for every one of those dollars represented a million dollars. So you've got a million lots of 1 million. It's just huge mind-boggling figures and i started to think are they motivated by the best interest of the patients the customers or is there a financial profit motive yeah and you can guess which conclusion i came to and, and the interesting thing is when you go down i call it down that rabbit hole <laughs> hmm. uh and i think that anyway we can be blinded by our belief system so i think being open is, is so important and to challenge our beliefs all the time 
difficult when you go down that rabbit hole uh, and you do see the different strategies, whether it be the, you know, the money, the, the media, the profiles, even the language, like the language even in the last few years around, you know, people I'm sure might be listening to this starting to say, oh, is he a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or a, you know, that type of language to label people. Um, and even if we talk about the direction that you went in regards to holistic, I think it's even interesting the language around holistic because a lot of people will call it alternative. Well, I believe modern medicine is the alternative. Yes. So because do I, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but up to about the year 1910, there were naturopathic healers, particularly right across America, let's say, that I'm aware of, who were having an incredible success rate with curing people of cancer, just phenomenal yep. success rate. Yep. There was a Canadian nurse, well, that's North America, um, called Renee Case, who had a um, herbal tea uh, with uh, four different herbs, which she would give uh, as a mixture in a, in a paper bag to cancer patients who flocked yep. to her from all over Canada and USA uh, by the thousands, not hundreds, but thousands and thousands of them and with incredible success, they come back a month later and say, my doctor doesn't understand it, but my tumour has shrunk down to half its size or 10% of its size or it's disappeared, this sort of thing. Yeah. And Renee Case would say, um, I'm not surprised, but I'm delighted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm delighted that this has happened. I, this is what I expected. This is what I've been observing, that these four herbs, just out from nature, out of the ground, have this incredible yeah. curative effect. Uh, but in the year 1908 to 1910, uh, uh, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact. I don't mind the word conspiracy because conspiracy yeah. means there are people plotting to do evil deeds. Mm. Uh, and that's true in history. We know that's true. I yeah. mean, to take an obvious example, uh, there's white-collar crime. There used to be people who'd rob banks. I don't think that happens anymore because you can do it all electronically now. But they have a conspiracy that they're going to uh, obtain money illegally. There's nothing dodgy or weird or crazy about that. That's a conspiracy, a, a, a plan to defraud people. So there was a conspiracy that was hatched by one particular notable American man in collaboration with the uh, AMA, the American Medical Association, and the Congress at the time to shut down the natural healers. Yeah. And the way he did it was to uh, employ this uh, educator by the name of Abraham Flexner, who yeah. went around all the hundreds of natural healing schools in America to do a supposedly fair analytical report on, on the state of all these healing schools. But really the intention from the get-go was to slam them, defame them, and to ultimately shut them down. Yeah. So this Flexner guy spent two years going around to all these hundreds of medical schools, wrote a report called the Flexner Report, which was over 100 pages long, which he presented to the Congress in uh, 1910. And they had already decided they were going to pass it because they were part of this conspiracy. Uh, that they wanted a cut of the alternative. <laughs> now I'm going to call uh, the the uh, drugs of the yeah. alternative <laughs> yeah, yeah. because the and which is where um, the answer to this question started from. That the the natural way of healing, Mother Nature has already provided us with the perfect means, ways and means of curing ourselves of almost any disease, particularly cancer. Yeah. in nature, such as herbs and juices, and there's a long list of things 
that Mother Nature has provided, which will kill cancer cells very effectively. We can come to that if you wish at some point. And the way our bodies are designed. Now, you can call it God designed our bodies a certain way or Mother Nature or evolution, or you may not even have an explanation for it, but no matter what, our bodies are designed to fight off cancer, particularly through the cytotoxic T cells. But I'm yeah. getting off the topic. Let's get back to this fella. Do you know who the uh, the chap who conspired to shut down all the natural medicines was? Um, no, who was that? J.D. Rockefeller. Yes, I do. Was it the Rockefeller and the Car Carnegie? Carnegie, that's it. Yep. Andrew yeah. Carnegie, a Scottish uh, steel tycoon, conspired yeah. with Rockefeller and to get a cut, a piece of the cake, a, a cut of the piece of the pie, um, yeah. which ended up just being massive profit, as we know, what, what was to become the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, he figured if he can turn people away from natural remedies and turn them towards his drugs, then he can make an absolute monster, which he did. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, there's no drug, I believe, that can actually cure cancer. It, it's a lie. We've been fed a lie. Uh, chemotherapy has got a terrible success rate. I think it's got a 3.1% success rate in Australia, according to the Cancer Council of New South Wales and the American Cancer Society. Terrible, terrible success rate. It will put people into remission, by the way. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, people will get the treatment and then they may get scans and find that, hey, it's shrunk down to 10% of its size or it's completely disappeared and you know, clearly they'll be joyful, they'll be very happy about that. Yeah. But my belief and the statistics show that inevitably it probably will come back. And I guess that's why there's so much fear, but people kind of know that. They think, look, I don't want to get the chemo. I know it's devastating. And I know so many people where it has come back, but what are my alternatives? You know, yeah. I'll have to get it. And so they think it's a, it's a bad alternative, but there's no better alternative, which I strongly disagree with. Yeah. And my book spells out exactly what the holistic protocols are that will cure yourself of cancer effectively yeah uh any kind of cancer because once these natural substances get into your bloodstream they go to every part of your body so it doesn't matter whether you've got breast cancer a brain tumor in my case kidney cancer in your husband's case prostate cancer doesn't really make very much difference there are slight variations on the protocols used but not much because once these natural chemicals get into your blood plus the hormones that your body is capable of releasing healing hormones then they go to every part of the body yeah so you don't need see modern medicine says we've got a thousand different types of chemotherapy drugs actually it's more than a hundred not a thousand we've got a hundred different chemotherapy drugs and we've got all this radiotherapy and surgery and all these different tools at our disposal but different treatments for different cancers which is why often when you ask someone when someone says they've got cancer the response will usually be what type of cancer but i say there's only one type of cancer uh and I, I learned in the early stages of my recovery what I believe the true nature of cancer is, which was not, not what we've been taught. But the cures are basically the same for all of them. And, and it's certainly not drugs because drugs will put people into remission. And I believe the actual plan is you, to put someone into remission with the understanding from the, the doctors, the drug companies, that it probably will come back, which brings further business. It's a business model. And so it'll bring those people back. Uh, in Australia, it's taxpayers' money that's funding this in hospitals and, and, and medications. Um, in America, I think people have to have their own private health insurance. Um, so the, the, the precise, 
purpose is to put people in remission, but the anticipation will come back so that you can make more money out of them. Then you treat them again, put them into remission. They um, will inevitably get another cancer diagnosis six, 12, 18 months down the track. And it's a, it's a great business model for bringing in more and more revenue. I know that's very harsh, but all my experience and, and uh, research yep. uh, and reading leads me to that same conclusion. I agree, totally. Whereas I can say, with my hand on my heart, we're jumping, we're cutting right to the chase here because it took me yep. 13 months to recover fully. Yep. I am not in remission. Yep. Categorically, I am not in remission. I did not achieve a temporary cure or a temporary recovery. I achieved a permanent cure because, I mean, look, we're coming up to the 11, 11 years since diagnosis in January 2024. That's way beyond all the predictions. And my health is fantastic. And there's no symptoms and no signs. Uh, so I, I'm not in. And, and also I had other types of tests such as iridology and uh, the Hunter Metapathia diagnostic device. And there are all sorts of ways, uh, safe, natural ways that don't put radiation into your body, for instance, yeah. that I use to determine uh, that I had recovered. But most of all, my feeling of just tremendous health and vitality. Yeah. And what, what more do you want than that? And, and, yeah. the 11, and the 11 year mark. Whereas the survival rate for five years is pretty dire for kidney cancer. So I'm way, way, way beyond that. No, I, I know intuitively, subconsciously and consciously that I have made a permanent recovery. And, and I, I know that I cannot and will not get cancer ever again. And in fact, I do not go for tests. Yeah. Now, some people go, well, hang on, that's a bit foolish. You should at least be going for tests, Rob, just to see if it's coming back. It's like, no, yeah. you don't understand. Uh, why would I do tests if I have no... Why don't you do tests if you're, you know, and, and, and some people who are perfectly healthy do do tests. I believe that if I stick to the diet that I'm on, which is, which is a radical change in diet, yeah. and the lifestyle, and the mindset, it is not possible scientifically for cancer to come back. Because my internal environment, which is also called the terrain, yeah. the inner terrain, will not allow cancer to come back. So why would I get tests? That's I'm not part of that system. I believe it's a corrupt system and I don't wish to have anything to do with it. Yeah. And some of those tests, things like, and I, I saw yesterday uh, someone put um, that they went and had a mammogram. And so I some, you know, some of the research in regards to uh mammograms and things like that that actually have you know caused cancer because it's radiation yeah. right squashing someone's breasts yes one, and damaging that but also that it can cause you know radiation can, can cause cancer from yeah. doing that from having that test um so if there is tests that people want to do um i would i would definitely look at other ways of doing that but uh yeah i think that that there is that system of, and and I think the earlier they're trying to, to catch things, even with my husband, so for instance, with the PSA test. Um, so the PSA test, they test their blood and they test that and they say, well, here's a measurement. And if it's high, well, then someone's got prostate cancer, but that's not always the case. Um, and so it's really important that we, yeah, that we're open to questioning all of that as well. But you know, there's a you're talking about conditioning earlier on. I believe society and individuals have been heavily conditioned to believe that cancer is a monster. That's, that if it's inside of your body, it's out of control and it's it's just a scary thing that can kill you. Well, yes, it can kill you, but there's no reason it should. I don't believe there's any reason that anybody should die from cancer ever. There's just yeah. no reason because 
when I learned about the work of an Italian oncologist named Dr. Simoncini, uh, it resonated with me as to his theory as to what cancer really is. Are you interested in talking about that? Yeah, yeah. So is, is, is he the doctor that talks about it being a fungus? Correct. Yeah. So he's still alive. I think he's in his 70s now. Okay. And yeah. about 20 years ago, he uh, was practicing as an oncologist on uh, hundreds of patients and uh, observed that all the tumours were white. And, and he scratched his head and thought, why are they white? What do I know that's white? And he yeah. thought, well, fungus is white, as you just said. Mm. Maybe, maybe cancer is simply a fungal infection and not what we've been told. Maybe it's not cells that are uh, dividing and uh, mutating out of control and trying to take over the body. Maybe that's a fallacy. And all through history, scientists have questioned, true scientists have questioned the uh, status quo, the conventional wisdom, and thought maybe that's not the truth, or maybe there's more to it than meets the eye or has been presented before. So he actually experimented with some patients by, uh, well, actually, let me take a step back. Uh, he understood that uh, cancer thrives, uh, fungus, sorry, in th thrives in a an acidic environment yeah. and dies in an alkaline environment. And so he thought, how do you create an alkaline environment in certain, inside a person's body safely? And uh, do you know the substance that... Uh, bicarb soda? soda? Bicarb soda, sodium bicarbonate. Yeah. NaCO3 uh, causes the gut and the blood to become alkaline faster than any other substance, and it's safe for the human body in uh, moderate quantities. So he injected these patients, the, the tumours, with uh, sodium bicarbonate, yeah. and lo and behold, the tumours started to shrivel practically immediately. Yeah. So there, you know, that's another cure. There are believed to be, by the way, over 100 natural cures for cancer, many of which are in my book, yeah. many of which I applied myself. Yeah. Uh, very effectively and noticeably, very quickly, uh, one of them, sodium bicarbonate. Now, yeah. uh, and then within a month, usually that tumour was completely gone within those patients. Wow. Now, you don't need to inject it. You can actually just drink it, uh, a yeah. solution of it orally. I was doing that uh, every morning and every evening. And even within one week, remember I was saying I had a lot of symptoms of illness. I felt really dreadful. Within yeah. one week, most of those symptoms were starting to diminish. Some of them had completely disappeared. So I knew, I could feel, I could sense. In one week, did you say one week? In, within one week, yeah. Wow. Well, I have to say, uh, Rob, I, after all of the research and stuff that I'd done, bicarb was in the back of my mind yep. because I did. we did a big plan for my hubby's uh, uh, health plan and we were just doing so many things. And I'm sure, you know, at the start you did that as well, you know, uh, and one of them was the bicarb, but we hadn't done it yet. And then I listened to your podcast um, that you did with Chris Walk and it prompted me again. And I'm like, right, we're going to start doing this. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we did, a, we got the, which I thought was really interesting. We actually did the test to see how alkaline my husband was. Yeah, with litmus strips. Well, well, we we couldn't find it in the, chem the chemist didn't have it. So I we, know, I had to order my Bunnings. Name. Yeah. Bunnings. Bunnings. And he was the first test, he was really acidic. Yeah. And we we're like, wow. And so we're, he's been having the baking soda. So he, we've just started. We started on Monday. Um, so thank you for that. That is something Pleasure. we've implemented. And straight away, so the first one, he was on Monday, the first test, he was very acidic. Each day, he hasn't been acidic. He's been sitting in the alkaline section. 
Well, I believe that's a major step towards recovery. I don't believe it's usually the complete solution. Excuse yeah. the pun, solution, get it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I believe it's it's a significant step, uh, certainly to be encouraged for anyone that's got cancer. But yeah. I've got to emphasize, it, it was a, a multi-pronged approach that got me over the line. So there are 14 categories of food I eliminated from my diet, which I, I, I go through in my book and the reasons I eliminated them. And then yeah. there's a whole range of foods that have cancer-fighting properties, which I stepped up. Some of them I wasn't even consuming, mostly nat natural herbs and vegetables and things. So I stepped up all that. Then yeah. there's uh, detox protocols. There are substances which will detoxify your body. And then there's detox protocols. There are, there are processes, there are things you can do, places you can go to which will help detoxify your body. And then also there's the mindset and the emotions. And I've got to say, it was my firm belief that 40% of the secret to my recovery was the uh, diet, detox, that sort of thing. Yeah. And at least 60% was mindset and clearing negative or, if you like, toxic emotions was a major, major part. And there's you know, an American um, author and research scientist by the name of Dr. Bruce Lipton who wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. Yes, I've got that here. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this one here. That's the one uh, in which he, through all his laboratory studies at Stanford University in California, came to the conclusion that when animals and people uh, are stressed, they release uh, stress hormones, fight and flight hormones into the body, which cause illness and will thwart recovery. Yeah. So one of the reasons I think a lot of cancer patients go downhill quickly is they're so anxious. Yeah. Even if they try and say, oh, I'm putting this in perspective and I'm trying to keep a lid on it, that's on a conscious level. But subconsciously, they're just freaking out. They're just really terrified. They're very upset. And yeah. that will accelerate their demise, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. And, and they'll say, but how can I help it? Well, there are therapies that you can get. There's a whole range of therapies that I got. Some of them are self-therapies. Some of them I went to professionals to eliminate the anxieties and to eliminate the emotional triggers of cancer. Yeah. So that was a major part of my recovery. And I was meditating every day of the week, seven days a week. I still do, even though I'm in good health now. And also affirmations and visualizations. Well, that's why you are in good health. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, to sustain it. And Bruce Lipton explained that when a person is joyful and happy and optimistic, then the body will release healing hormones into the bloodstream. Yeah. And he actually lists five specific healing hormones that the body releases, which precipitates and accelerates recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to know what they are? I've got them in my yeah, book. I'm yeah. just looking at my book, uh, if you're interested. This, yeah. So in other words, what we're talking about is science. This is yeah. not just hippy-dippy wishful thinking. So when we're joyful, the body releases healing hormones such as dopamine, oxytocin, vasopressin, serotonin, and human growth hormone. And they, again, go to every cell in the body. So it doesn't matter where the cancer is. It's completely irrelevant, even if you've got cancer in multiple cells. I've coached people. I coached a man uh, from Yugoslavia. It's not called Yugoslavia anymore, is it? It's broken up. But from that part of the world who um, had, let's see, lung cancer and bone cancer and prostate cancer, a triple whammy wow. that came on one by one, not all at once. Yeah. And uh, 
by following, he, he, his son bought my book, he read the book with great interest and followed, I don't know to what extent he followed it, but I know that it reversed his cancers, so he must have been yeah. pretty committed and serious about it. Yeah. And uh, now he's in top health, he's in his 80s, and he went back to work. He said, I can't sit at home, I'm sick of this, I'm getting yeah. back to work, <laughs> which I think is a great philosophy, by the way. Yeah. Why retire? Because that just, people often go spiral downhill when they retire because they've lost their zest for life and their contribution to the community, all that sort of thing. Feeling of fulfillment, self-esteem. Purpose, yeah. Purpose, purpose, thank you. So yeah. um, the, the, these these hormones go to every cell in the body and clearly it went to his bones and to his, uh, what was it, lungs, even lung cancer, uh, which is a pretty bad one, pretty nasty one. And uh, prostate, which is believed to be one of the easiest to cure, by the way. Yeah. And he's now in, in great health. And this is, we're talking about a few years down the track. I don't know how many years, but he's doing great. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's it's interesting when you talk about the, the power of mindset and you said, you know, how how that, I think you said 60%, you felt that it was like, you know. A big... If I had to put a rough figure on it, I'd throw that figure at it, yeah. Yeah. So in regards to, to that, the challenges, as you said, is that in that time, that is a, quite a stressful time. And I, and did you find that with, did you find any pressure from, because definitely my husband is feeling pressure from the conventional medicine side. So we, our, the hospital, for instance, has rung probably five different times um, in regards, because my husband said he's not having the surgery. And so they keep pounding him in regards to that until I think now it's stopped, even though his doctor's ringing him today. <laughs> well, I would consider that coercive and abusive behaviour, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so they're getting all of all of this. Did you get any pressure from the conventional side of things in regards to going down a certain direction? Or did they say, okay, yep, you don't you're not going there and they they moved on. Did I get pressure from them? The short answer is no. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I guess it just happened to be that particular oncologist and that particular GP. Um, after I saw the oncologist uh, for the definitive diagnosis uh, in January 2013, um, he said, all right, I'd like to book you in to see you in one week's time. I'm, I'm not sure what that was all about. Oh, that would have been after the surgery. Anyway, it's strange. But he said, uh, oh, no, I'm going to write a, send a report to the GP. So... Um, uh, I went off and spoke to a couple of very significant people I've got immense respect and trust, respect for and trust in, who said, uh, don't do the surgery. Yeah. Uh, and they told me why. Uh, they believed I shouldn't do it. Uh, it's very dangerous. And, uh, and, and not a cure. Um, it's only superficial. And so I called back the oncologist and said, I'd like to cancel uh, the next appointment and not proceed with the surgery. And the receptionist um, just oh, said to me, can you give, can, I need a reason to give to the doctor. Can you give me a reason? And I said, I've decided to go down an alternative path. Yeah. And she said, fine, thank you. Bye-bye. Now, at that stage, I had no idea what the alternative path was going to be. <laughs> I just knew that that wasn't, I didn't, I just didn't want to have an organ hacked out of my body. I, I just, some people think it's got to be done. It's, it's a smart move. Let's just do it. Yeah. Again, for some strange reason, I thought, no, that sounds horrendous. That sounds uh, really um, traumatic to do that to your body. And in fact, 
the person I was alluding to that I, I called as soon as I walked out of the oncologist's office was a psychotherapist called Michael Adamides, who I believe to be possibly one of the most brilliant psychotherapists in Australia, possibly in the world, but certainly I, I would rate as a genius in that area and his effectiveness. And I'd been to him for emotional issues uh, back in the 90s. Yeah. So, but I, I, we became friends and we wrote our first book together, by the way, which is about the keys to mental and emotional health. It's called Sail Out of Happiness. And we yeah. became really good friends. And uh, so I, I look at it, he's about 10 years older than me. I look at him as an older and wise counsel that I can turn to. Yeah. And he said to me, don't do the surgery. It's abusive. Uh, there are natural ways of curing this. So then he referred to me an integrative doctor uh, who started to get me on the right track. Who I saw that afternoon, the same day as the oncologist. So I was moving very quickly on this. Yeah. And But then back to your question, I decided to not tell many people, to keep it under my hat. So I only told about three people initially. Uh, looking back, I feel perhaps I should have told nobody because, uh, number one, I didn't want to be... Uh, I didn't want people to worry about me. Yeah. If I told my mother, she would have just fretted day and night and you know, practically had a heart attack. Uh, number two, I didn't want to be coerced into them saying, you've got to do the surgery, don't be foolish. Uh, number three, it would have been uh, dangerous for my educational business, which was very successful, if they thought the CEO was going to die and they'd lose all their money and the place wouldn't have proper leadership and, right, yeah. and, and the company might go bust and all this sort of thing. So there's actually <laughs> a financial consideration that it, it just people freak out. When they hear someone's got cancer, they think, oh, my God, they're gone, which I don't think anymore. If someone comes to me and says they've got cancer, often I'll say, hooray. And I say, excuse me, did you hear what I said? I said, I've got cancer. I said, I'll say, yeah, hooray. This is the most wonderful opportunity for you to start to really learn how to take care of yourself. And yeah. I'm talking about radical change of diet. And they'll say to me, oh, I eat pretty healthy. But when they tell me what they eat, it's not what I consider healthy. They're eating foods which actually cause cancer or feed cancer and certainly do not kill cancer. And I'm saying, okay, that's not what I consider a healthy diet. You know, can I give you some guidance? First of all, perhaps you should read my book uh, or I can just give you face-to-face -face guidance or Zoom calls or whatever. Uh, no, no that, that's, that's not the way to go. And it's very clear to me what needs to be done. It's, it's very, uh, what's the word? Very well-defined list of things. Actually, there's a page in the back of my book which has got a summary of the 10 key things I did to cure myself. Wow. So it's very precise, very well-defined. I've had some... I'm not even answering your question now, I'm just raving, but I've had just some extraordinary success stories. An 81-year-old man uh, with esophageal cancer, this was last year, and uh, he was throwing up blood, yeah. couldn't swallow, and had massive fatigue, found it difficult to even get off the couch and go for a walk to the, to the bathroom or fridge. So uh, his wife somehow heard of my book, she read it, and uh, he didn't want to read it really. He was too, in fact, he's too ill, in all fairness, he was just too sick to yeah. read and English was his second language because his English was good. That wasn't really a problem. But his wife read it cover to cover and said, right, we're going to follow this. Yeah. And uh, she contacted me and I even did some face, I went around to their place, which is 10 minutes drive from where I live, did some face-to-face -face coaching, went to their fridge and said, okay, you're going to have to throw out this, 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 and this, and you're going to have to purchase and consume this, 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 and this, and pointed them on the right track. And the upshot of my story is he stopped throwing up blood within one week he was able to swallow solid foods again within one more week. 
Within a few days after that, we're talking about about maybe three weeks, he uh, had energy where he could go for walks and then power walks and a bit of jogging. This is at the age of 81. And his health just picked up and up and up. (laughs) Then he went back for scans and they showed there was no sign of a tumour there at all. And the doctor said, maybe we misdiagnosed. He said, no, look, here are the scans. It ain't a misdiagnosis. Yeah. And they, they couldn't, they said, well, maybe it's a spontaneous remission. They wouldn't accept that the human body is capable of doing this. But, yeah. you know, as you said from the, the beginning of this uh, podcast, the human body is an extraordinary self healing machine if you give it the right opportunities and support. But you've got yeah. to be educated as to what that is, which was the key motivation in me writing my book is to educate people because I'm an educator. I've taught mathematics to more than 12,000 students, private coaching, by the way over a period of 48 years. Yeah. So I'm an educator. I love to share valuable information to people. I still tutor mathematics seven days a week uh, as, as it's a way of earning income. It's a way, but it, I, I love it, the joy of helping these kids uh, to succeed and, and believe in themselves. And I do that with the people I coach with the cancer. You've yeah. got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in your body. Your body can do this. Yeah. But there are specific, sometimes they're sceptical. There are specific things I can do to pretty quickly dissolve or eliminate that skepticism, such as there's a video on YouTube uh, put out by Cambridge University, uh, which is called, what is it? Uh, T cells, uh, the body's assassin. I've just written that down. (laughs) That may not be the exact title, but it's on YouTube. Something like that, yeah? It's put out by Cambridge University. It's narrated by Professor Gillian Griffiths, I know that. Yeah. I've got a transcript of what she says in my book. I was so impressed by it. And uh, it it shows under an electron microscope the body's killer T cells in real time. So it's not animation. We're talking about real time locating and killing the body's cancer cells. So we have built into our bodies this mechanism to kill cancer cells. This is not hippie. Uh, notions or wishful thinking it's nothing like that this is just hardcore human biology every single human being on this planet young or old of any racial background good health or bad health we've still got these killer t-cells in our body which have been killing cancer cells since the day we're born which is remarkable which is why most people remain healthy most of the time they've got cancer cells in their body people your, your listeners or viewers might have heard that we all have cancer cells in our body. But yeah. for most people, it's no cause to be alarmed because these T cells, capital T cells, are very accurately locating the bad cells. They do not kill the good cells. They're very accurate and discerning. And they're very effectively killing the cancer cells. Once they inject their cytotoxic poison into the cancer cell, they have a 100% success rate in killing them. Yeah, Not 99 not 99.5, 100% success rate. Of course, when I heard that, as a scientist, I, I asked a lot of questions. And the question arose in my mind, well, if they're so effective, why do we get sick? And why do people die from cancer? Can I throw that one at you? Or the, all the fun questions come at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the terrain, isn't it? Yes, you got so, it. You know, it's like having a terrarium. And then not looking after it, and then it yes. just everything falls down. You've got it. It's when the army of T cells is depleted. Yeah. 
or that the immune system is compromised in some way or another. Mm. But the body's trying to fight it off, but not succeeding. In fact, I'm, I'm going to just be a little bit, um, what's the word, colloquial about this. It, it's as if they successfully kill one cancer cell and then another, another two, two appear yeah. by, by the reproduction of the cells. And yeah. then they kill another two cancer cells and another three or four appear. They're losing the battle. They are really giving it a good go, but they're losing the battle. So once I figured that out, I think I, I, I asked myself the question, well, how do you win the battle? How do you build this army of T cells to a ferocious level so that it can win the battle? And there are many secrets. There are things that you can do. I mean, I can say a couple of them. Vigorous exercise will do that, will build your immune system. Yeah. Now, some people say, oh, but I'm so sick, I, I haven't got the energy to exercise. And it's like, okay, we'll do some gentle exercise and just gradually build it up. Five minutes a day and then 10 minutes a day. And, and if you can't increase it, just stay at 10 minutes till you're ready to go to 15 minutes and just keep building it up. Do some weights. It's a long list of things. Um, yeah. Do the type of exercise that you enjoy. In my case, I was doing um, power walking seven days a week for 75 minutes per day at night when it's cool. Yeah. And listening to my favorite music on my headphones. Yeah, so and, you did the uh, mindset thing as well? Absolutely, <laughs> 100%. Mm. And in my case, living in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, doing it as a coastal walk, which is very yeah. joyful to me because yeah. you can hear the waves crashing, you can see them crashing in the moonlight, you yeah. can see seagulls swooping across your path. Uh, it's just a joyful experience. And listening to my favourite music cranked up. So here I am, a sick person who presumably is dying, and I'm doing exactly the opposite. I'm recovering through all these things that I'm doing. Now, some people might say, seriously, exercise? Sure, it's a good thing, but I want something serious. I need something this cancer is, is really nasty. And you you can't seriously be suggesting, Rob, that vigorous exercise is going to kill the cancer cells. And the answer is, yes, I actually am seriously uh, uh, suggesting that because yeah. also, did you know, cancer cannot survive in an oxygenated environment. Yeah. And when you're doing vigorous exercises, you're breathing in more oxygen, oxygenating all the cells in your body, not just your lungs. It goes to every cell in your body, killing the cancer cells. Now, it's not a complete cure in itself. That's why... There were 10 elements to my recovery, not one or two or three. But yeah. exercise was one of the 10. And I did it dutifully, faithfully, seven days a week. And even if it was raining, I'd walk with an umbrella in the rain to do my power walk. I was that obsessed and that driven. To, I thought, I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to survive come hell or high water. And then yeah. about halfway through the year, my health was so good. I had to think, gosh, What's my new goal? I know I'm going to recover after after six yeah. months. It took me 13 months to recover, but after six months, I thought I need a new goal. I need a new uh, raison d'être, a new reason to live, which for me became music, getting back into music, and then mu and composing music and performing and recording and producing. And, and I co-wrote over 100 songs, about 120 songs, with a very brilliant Sydney-based singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer called Glenn Bidman. But the point yeah. of my story is, that gave me more joy. And the joy released those five healing hormones that Bruce Lipton talks about in his book. So again, I hadn't fully recovered, but it accelerated that last lap of, of yeah. the recovery. Love it still that. took another six or seven months. But so, so the music. Now, for someone else, uh, there was a woman I was coaching who used to be a, gra um, not graphic designer, interior designer. And she said it brought her tremendous joy because she's a visual person. She loves yeah. colours and shapes and designs. And she loves transforming people's houses from being dingy and gloomy places to being somewhere that you just 
can't wait to get home to it's a, to bring joy yeah and so i said to her this woman had cancer by the way I, I neglected to mention i said well part of your recovery perhaps could be to get back into into interior design so a week later she calls me and said i've done it i found a job i'm back doing it i'm working for a company and even though i'm not 100 percent health i i think it's making me feel good already i said well that's accelerating your recovery. And she just got better and better and better. But there's also a change of diet and detox protocols. Again, I cannot say it's one thing. I don't want anyone watching this to be misled to think they can do one or two things. In fact, I've got to emphasize, you've really got to go hardcore with this because this fungal infection, which by the way is candida albicans, is very virulent. That, that is why it kills so many people. It is nasty. It's really nasty. I'm speaking from personal experience here. Yeah. It's nasty. But so you've got to be really determined. You can't just be casual. I know some people say, oh, I've sort of changed my diet, but, you know, I do have a bit of processed foods and a bit of Maccas and a bit of Coke, a bit of cola, I shouldn't name brands. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I'm saying to them, gee, you know, you've got to take this seriously. You know, yes, you've got to go full bore. You've got to really go hardcore. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't think you, I don't think you should be doing that. You, you, we're talking about life and death here. And they're saying, oh, but it's so hard to quit these foods I love. And I said, well, that's discipline, that's willpower, but it's also understanding the science that that stuff can kill you. Yeah. In fact, you know, many processed foods, I'm getting rambling all over the place here, Janelle, but no, it's all good. many all good processed stuff. foods have got either known carcinogens mm. or substances which are believed to be possibly carcinogenic, but are difficult to prove are carcinogenic. Yeah. And we're talking about artificial colours, artificial flavours, flavour enhancers, preservatives, you look at the labels and you see all these preservatives, 212, 237, 314, I'm making up numbers here, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you see all yeah. these chemicals that you can't even pronounce that are man-made. You know, my even without having, my scientific background is mainly mathematics and computer science, but, but I studied a bit of biology, chemistry, and physics, and just my general understanding of the way things work is if you put something artificial like that in your body, and expect to have top health, well, you're just deluded and, and yeah. you're lacking common sense or no one's drawn it to your attention, which is my job as an educator is to draw this to people's attention through talks such as this and my book and whatever avenue I possibly can. I've also made an ebook and an audio book now to, for people who don't like reading paperback books. So people need to be educated that, you know, you, you can't eat these processed foods. You shouldn't eat them even if you're in good health because it's a recipe for disaster and, and illness down the track. And, and you've got to look to the future too, if you're smart enough. You don't wait yeah. till you get sick. Prevention is better than cure. Yeah. It's it's a, sort of like a two-pronged a, a, a approach. So in one respect, you've got to go hard and change a lot. Most yes. people anyway yes. need to change a lot. I know my husband has. Yep. He was drinking alcohol. He was smoking. He'd been smoking for many, many, many years. Alcohol was the first thing to go with me. I quit alcohol the night before the diagnosis without anyone telling me. I just figured it using common sense. It cannot be helping me. Yeah. Um, hubby wasn't really exercising. He um, was a huge meat eater. Yeah. Huge meat eater. Um, vegetables were sort of the sideline. It was like, okay, here's the meat. What will we have with the meat? That was how. And and so we did think that we were eating pretty healthy because I'm at home, we're home cooks. But when we looked into it, as you said, looking at, okay, let's see the preservative, let's see what's in it, let's see, you know, from MSG to all of these things, even toxins around the home, um, really looking into that. Can I ask, did you go or did he go 
organic to be to be yes yeah now some people say oh it's so expensive i can't afford it but i did go organic and i'm glad that you and he yeah. went organic i believe it's very important that i believe these um pesticides are, are very harmful and carcinogenic and possibly yeah. the trigger for many people serious illness not just cancer but a whole range of other diseases yeah uh, very hard to draw a direct line of proof to it but uh, there have been many countries that have banned certain companies. Uh, we won't mention names here, but some of the leading manufacturers of pesticides, they've banned these. I know that Europe, the EU banned it in the 1980s, I think. They banned, uh, well, it's called Roundup, I will mention it. They, yeah. they banned it because the evidence was so conclusive, the illness and, and cancers that it was causing people, that they banned it. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to be as bold as to say, I reckon all man-made pesticides would be harmful, wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I may be I may be wrong. This is just me mouthing off just gut feelings and intuition without hardcore science behind me. But there's a place for that too, by the way. Yeah. But research has its part, laboratory research, but common sense also has its part. But yeah. why would a man-made substance with these long, complicated chemical names that you can't even pronounce, how could that be good for you? And why would it not be harmful to you? Give me a good reason why it wouldn't be harmful to the human body. The human yeah. body is not designed to, to handle those types of substances. Yeah. So I just quit all of that, but I also quit the shampoos that have got all the nasty chemicals yeah. in it and the, the so it's like that deodorant and 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 uh, yeah, yeah. And even some sunscreens, believe it or not, cause skin cancer, which is just 100%. shocking. It's a hundred percent. You bizarre. know, I remember I don't know if you know of Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um so I remember being at a Tony Robbins event many years ago and I remember him saying uh, if you're going to get anything out of this conference right now, get into your handbag, ladies and guys. Have a look at it in your bag. And if you've got a deodorant with aluminium in it, I want yep. you to throw it out. And I'm like, yeah. I had no idea, no yeah. idea about that. And that, you know, all these little things, as you said, that you learn along the way. I think women dumb. have to be very mindful of cosmetics because women do put makeup and cosmetics on their face. I can right? eat. I can eat all of my cosmetics well wasn't there thing. anita roddick who had the body shop who claimed that all her substances were natural mm. nothing no not true well they're not natural ah. <laughs> i don't think they are i'm pretty sure um look into it people but i meant her products yeah yeah i'm not, not true oh uh, that she uses or the yeah. ones that she sells that she sold mm, i'm not sure i didn't think i'm not sure either i'm just saying she claimed that but Right. But what I'm, what we're both really saying is women should seriously look into these cosmetics they're putting on yeah. their face yeah. and other parts of their body and, and, and really go natural or no no cosmetics at all because so many women that use cosmetics, I say to them, you're already beautiful. You don't need that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things, uh, as we were talking about just before, the, with the approach when you talked about, I think number one is like that audit of and we'll get into some specific advice, but because I know all of it's in your book, and I encourage people to buy your book so that they can get the, all of the protocols that you're talking about. Um, but it's really it's got to start with an audit to go shit. Where am I at? And I I agree with you in saying that when someone gets a cancer diagnosis, that you can say, hey, this is a wake up call for me. This is an yes. opportunity for me yes. to actually say. Let me clean out my life. Let me do an audit. 
and really look at, you know, what's what you're eating, what you're doing, what your mindset is, spiritually, all of those things. That, that's, by the way, I, I, do, I do need just to explain in case anyone misinterpreted what I said. When I say to someone, hooray, when they tell me they, they or a loved one have a cancer diagnosis, I'm not being mean because I'm, I'm, right. I'm totally the opposite type of person. Yeah. I'm on a mission really to help people to heal themselves and recover. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't mean hooray, you're going to die. I mean, this is a golden opportunity, like you're saying, this is a golden yeah. opportunity to get your act together, to cut out all the bad foods and bad habits and really clean up your act. If you've got the discipline and the wisdom uh, to do this, uh, and uh, and to learn a lot, to learn and grow as a human being. And for me, it was also a spiritual transformation that I became a different person. The way I'm talking now has, has a different, completely different energy to the person when I was ill, or particularly before I became ill. I didn't have this level of enthusiasm and, and, and fo laser focus. Uh, I was more laid back. Yeah. Uh, so it really awakened me as a person and made me a better person. I love that. And the other, the other, um, when I'm talking about the two prong approach, the other one that I was going to say is that it can be a long game, and I don't know how you feel about that, but I think sometimes, and this is what I'm saying to my husband right now, is that if you're, in some ways, and whether it be people are eating, you know, junk food or not exercising or stressing, or you know, if you've had all these years of some kind of abuse. Um, with your body, whether it be, you know, that you've been stressing for 10 years and, and it's affected your body now, you can't you can't expect it to change in a week. And I think that's the challenge too to actually go, okay, this might be a long game. You know, for you it was, you know, how many months? How many months was it for you when you got... 13 from diagnosis to complete recovery. So 13 months. So 13 months may not sound like a lot, but it is a lot. You know, 13 months is consistency yeah. of you doing these things and the peaks and drops, I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, to you being feeling really great to going, oh, shit, this is challenging. I didn't go for my walk today or... You are correct. It's not a linear progression. It's not a linear um, recovery. Yeah. You're feeling really good and think, gee, I'm really getting somewhere, and then the next day you feel dreadful. But yeah. I also learned that that could be part of the detox process, that your body's eliminating bad stuff that's accumulated in your system. Yeah. Particularly when you go organic, the body starts to spontaneously release pesticides and herbicides and other nasty chemicals that you've accumulated over many years of your life. Yeah. And then that can actually make you feel quite ill because those toxins go into your bloodstream. They then make you nauseous and, and, and lethargic and, and disorientated. And you think, God, how can I be doing everything so right and, uh, and feeling so ill. It's actually called the die-off effect too. That when the die-off effect. Die-off. Yeah. When there are certain detox substances like zeolite and um, diatomaceous earth and um, bentonite clay, which kill parasites in your body, and then those parasites release toxins into your bloodstream and you feel dreadful, just really dreadful. And luckily I had a mentor by the name of Pete Mellor who owned and still owns and runs an organic uh, um, produce store who... Um, Isn't that the one with the infrared sauna in there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. How did you know? Oh, that's from the other interview you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he turned out to be not your regular greengrocer at all. He's yeah. the most extraordinary person. And he became my mentor and gave yeah. me free advice and guidance 
seven days a week. He, he worked seven days a week. He worked 12 hours a day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 365 days a year, including public holidays. Like, talk about workaholic, but always had vital energy uh, yeah. because he walks the talk. And he would guide me and, and he explained to me the die-off effect. Because that one day I went to him and I said, I'm doing everything right, Pete. Yeah. And yet I felt dreadful. He said, it's okay. He said, it's the die-off effect. Your body, these substances and your body itself are killing the parasites, particularly the fungal infection, which is your cancer. It's yeah. killing it. And that's making you feel ill. He said, but it's a good thing. Don't interpret it the wrong way. Now, I was so fortunate to have that sort of guidance because without that, I'd, I'd draw the opposite conclusion. Yeah. I'd be running off to a doctor going, I'm just feeling so bad. What can you do for me? Oh, we've got these pills. We've got these... Um, treatments we can do I'd say come on do it let's do it whereas I thought no I'm not going to do them because those pills those drugs uh, toxify the body and I was in the process of detoxifying when people say could you do the best of both worlds you do modern medicine get, you get the best of modern medicine plus the best of the holistic naturopathic treatments my answer is no they work in contradiction to each other one is detoxifying your body, getting bad stuff out of your body, which is what I did. The other yeah. is top, trying to treat it as if it's a monster and you've got to kill it and slay it. Yeah. You know, surgery is like slaying it, taking parts of your body out, which I think is just barbaric, yeah. which is what they wanted to do with me. As it turns out, I've still got both kidneys and my liver in, in perfect health. They all recovered. Um, so, no, I don't believe in the best of both worlds. I think it's the best of one world and the worst of another. Yeah. No, it, it's people say that when they don't have enough faith in the holistic healing path and protocols. It's when they think, "Oh, can I hedge my bets? But I'll look. I'll change my diet and I'll I'll do the saunas and the colonics and this and that and the exercise. But just to be safe, I think I will do the chemo." I'm going. Well, that's not what I would do. I can't tell people what to do or not to do because that puts me in a, in a difficult position legally. It yeah. puts me at risk legally. But I, I can quite safely say I wouldn't do that. There's nothing dangerous or irresponsible about that. And then they have to make up their own decision what they do. And that's how I communicate with all the people that I'm coaching. Yeah. By the way, most of the people I coach are middle-aged women in America, if you want to be very specific. Oh, wow. Now, why is that? Well, I've had a lot of exposure in America, I guess. But there's also a lot of uh, flexible, open-minded people who are willing to consider different things. Women can be more open-minded than men. Now, that's a sweeping generalisation. But these women are very willing, that I coach, are very willing to consider different possibilities. And they, they trust me, especially yeah. after they've heard me talk or read the book. They say, you come across as very trustworthy. Well, yeah, because I believe in telling the truth, always, yeah. no matter what. And so, you know, sometimes uh, there's, there's what's called an uncomfortable truth which I'm happy to share with people. Even if they feel uncomfortable temporarily, I'll share uncomfortable truths with them. I'll just be brutally honest. I think people like that. Yeah. And why is it middle-aged? Well, most people don't get ill when they're in their teenage years, 20, 30. Some do, but not too many. And it's by the time you hit like about 50 that your body's just not as strong as it used to be to fight off these things. And that's where people often succumb, not just to cancer, but to all a wide range of illnesses, diabetes, fibromyalgia, uh, Gosh, the list just goes on and on. Uh, leaky gut syndrome. Yeah. Your, your body's just not as strong as it used to be. But the good news is you can make it stronger. You can reverse that. You can fix that. And I did that in my mid-50s. So it's, it's not too late. And I've helped people in their 80s. Uh, probably 81 was the oldest person I've helped to make 
a full recovery. Everyone that I've helped who's taken the protocol seriously has made dramatic improvement. If they don't make the improvement, it's because they're not taking it seriously because this stuff works. And the human body, our bodies are all essentially the same. Even the male and female bodies are not that different in the way the immune system works, the blood works, the cytotoxic T cells, not particularly different. I'm sure there are variations in different races, you know, I've got different blood types and things, but essentially what you do to cure yourself is essentially the same for all people. Yeah. So with in regards to, and I know, as I said, it, it's all in your book, so I do encourage people to buy your book um, to get the Healing Power of Cancer, <laughs> Rob Pryor, and I'll, I'll get the details of that uh, at the end of our session. But just I wanted, wanted to give you just an opportunity to give one top tip in each of these areas. So what would be one sure. top tip for diet? Okay, one top tip, quit sugar. Quick sugar, yes. Um, and does that include process? Or does that include things like maple syrup or honey? Yes. Okay. There's uh, conflicting opinion about honey, by the way. Right. So it's hard for me to be as definitive about that. But I erred on the side of caution. You wanted a quick answer. This is not so quick. Yes. I erred on the side of caution and thought, I'm just not willing to risk the honey. I don't need it. They say that there are. What do you call that honey that, that uh, has got antibacterial properties? Oh, yes, yeah, the really expensive one. It is expensive, isn't it? You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the name will come to us. People know what it is. You've got yeah. 20 plus, 30 plus, 50 yeah. plus in, in your local, even supermarkets and uh, health food stores stock them. Uh, I, I just thought I'm determined to survive. I'm not going to take that risk. Now, it may be that it's okay. And, and there are some fairly reputable sources that say it's okay. But still, I thought, no. Nah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so no, no sugars. Exercise, one top tip. Daily, um, vigor, vigorous, get the, get the heart pumping. Beautiful. And do something that you enjoy because it should be joyful. So some people might prefer cycling to walking. We'll do that or swimming. In my case, when summer rolled around, I switched from power walking to swimming, two lengths of Bondi Beach. Beautiful, why not? Per <laughs> day, each day. <laughs> Mindset tip. Wow, you want a short answer. I had six hours of psychotherapy from Michael Adamides, this psych brilliant, brilliant psychotherapist I was talking about, uh, less than one week after my diagnosis. And he successfully cleared, I believe, uh, the psychological triggers for my illness and also childhood traumas, which I believe had, had a long-term effect in creating the cancer. Yeah. Uh, you only wanted one tip, so I'm not allowed to mention meditation, affirmations and visualisation. Oops, I just... Oh, they're already... <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's more to it yeah um and spiritual tip wow well i'd say meditation uh is uh i see when i was really ill in the early stages before the diagnosis and just after diagnosis i'd wake up in pain my body was crippled with pain to the point where i'd have to roll over my bed and fall on the floor and then crawl towards my meditation chair in the next room. That's how ill I was. I couldn't even walk. I had to grab onto the door and haul myself up bit by bit so I could grab the door handle to get myself uh, standing upright. That's how ill I was. I mean, I, I cannot underestimate how ill I was. There was no doubt that I was ill. Yeah. But here's my point. I would meditate, and after a period of time, which was unpredictable, it might be 30 minutes, might be 60 minutes, the pain completely disappeared. 
Now, I can't even explain scientifically. Bruce Lipton probably could explain that the exact process that's going on. I believe there's a healing force that flows through the universe. Again, some people call it God. I call it a healing force, but you can tap into it. And in fact, some religious people would say they would not equate it to God. Well, that's okay. That's their prerogative. But yeah. I believe there's some energy either within the body or in the universe that you can tap into, which will accelerate the healing process. And so I was then able to carry on a day of work with energy and vitality and pretty much pain-free. Sometimes pain would come back later in the day. So because I was the CEO of the college, I could find a time to close my door and lock it, my office door, yeah. um, put my phone on do not disturb and go into a meditation for even 10, 15 minutes to again, eliminate the pain. And it worked. And usually I could do it in a shorter period of time later in the day. So in a word, meditation, unbelievable, extraordinary. I don't know if I would have survived and made it over the line without the meditation. That's how profound it was. And I, I teach people various meditation techniques to this day. Yeah, love that. That's fantastic. So um, I'm not good with the short answers. <laughs> so, well, I do want to say for the listeners that want to purchase your book, show your yeah. book again, <laughs> The Healing Power of Cancer, where can they get your book, Rob? Where do you get it? There used yeah. to be a commercial on television. Where do you get it, son? Where do they get it? Only one place, yes. which is my web store. I don't know if you can see it there. Yep, and you're going to, yep. Healingpowerofcancer.com. That's the only place in the world you can get it. Yep. You can't get it from Amazon or any of the other online or physical bookstores. It's the only place you can get it. Right. So that's Because, you know, I'm self-published, self-financed, self-promoting. I want to have... I wanted to maintain artistic control. I didn't want, you know, no disrespect, but I didn't want a publishing company saying, we don't like that title, or there are certain things in the book which we think we'd like you to remove. Yeah. Um, I don't attack specific companies. I do question certain companies and corporations and institutions, but I don't really name names of people or, or, or companies. Uh, but I, I didn't want a, a publishing company dictating. I didn't want them saying, oh, we don't like the illustration. Well, I do, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, oh, that was a very brilliant, I, I didn't come up with that, by the way, a very brilliant uh, Sydney-based graphic designer. And she said, what do you want? I say, you figure it out. You come to me with a concept. And yeah. so she's got these chains around your ankles are the name for them, the yeah. shackles that were holding me down. Uh, and then you... Leaping in the air, just the feet. All you can see is the feet. Very clever lady. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't. I wanted to have artistic freedom and artistic control in what I could say and write. Brilliant. So I would encourage with all, I know there's so much information that you've got in your book that will be so valuable for people, for our listeners. Um, how can they also get in touch with you? So you talked about you mentor people. Uh, it's great. It's great to follow you in some capacity to see any information that you can share that could be valuable. So how can people get in touch with you or follow you? Same website has a contact us form. Great. Simple as that. Yeah. And then I get their email and we communicate by email after that. They get my email, I get their email, and then perhaps we have a phone call. Yeah. I'm happy to have short calls uh, with people just as a, a consultation. And then if they wish to book a 60-minute session, they can. That's up to them. There's no obligation. They yep. can see how they feel, how they resonate with it. Wonderful. I've actually got a couple more of those happening today, people just wanting to 
touch base, uh, just have a bit of a brief chat, see if they're on the right track or what I can do for them. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to mission to help people. I prevent, uh, but, and, you know, I've got to give credit to Pete Mellon, the, the, the knowledge, and to Michael Adonides, the knowledge those two particular individuals and, and others, but those two particular people gave me was quite extraordinary. It was, I was so blessed to have these people in my life. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's almost some divine force supporting me. I don't know if people believe in guardian angels, but something, I don't know if I believe in them either, by the way, but something was supporting me and guiding me every step of the way. I think once I made the decision that I can do this, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find out how to do it. I think then what happens is the universe supports you with that goal. And, and it's with any goal. If you make the goal, I want to start a new business and be successful and you know, I need the right sort of support, then suddenly these people come into your life who are running a business or they've got business acumen they can share with you or they provide certain services and you start to get the support that surrounds you once you've made that decision to do it yeah, or whatever it might be. So, and I think, you know, the couple of things that I want to end with, uh, we're going to do our fi fired, our 10 firing questions in a moment. But I think the important thing that you've mentioned over and over again in this podcast is the importance of having a mentor and having someone that's going to guide you in some way. Because I makes, yeah. So I think it makes a big difference. And yeah. one of the things that people say to me over and over again is they say, it's so comforting to have support from someone like you. They'll say, you know, my wife or my husband loves me, but doesn't have the same knowledge you've got and is a little bit sceptical about whether this is going to work and they want the best for me, but they fear for my survival. Yeah. Um, but you're so confident and knowledgeable and the fact, most of all, that I'm the guy that's done it. You know, yeah. I'm the guy that went to the Olympic Games and won the gold medal uh, without uh, not wishing to sound too arrogant that yeah. I got that. And if you wanted guidance as to how to win a gold medal, you'd go to one of those gold medal winners and go, well, what was your training regime? What was your diet? Uh, yeah. What was your mindset? What was your attitude? What other tips can you give me? How did you do it? Now, you know that uh, that's just their perspective and it may not always be the gospel truth, but you certainly want to hear it. Yeah. In my case, I believe the truths that I share are more universal truths. And by the way, there are, give me one second here to give you a figure. I've got citations in the back of the book, 326 scientific research study citations. So it's backed up all these claims that yeah. this will kill you and this will cure you. It's all backed up with scientific research. And then people can go off, look it up on the net, uh, read the articles from uh, renowned and reputable universities, research scientists and institutions uh, to make come to their own conclusions. So, you know, there's just, I think there's 25 pages of scientific citations in the back oh. of the book. It just goes on and on. Yeah. I want people to understand this is scientific. This is not wishful thinking. This is not some Google scholar or uh, um, YouTube scholar. This comes from hard-earned experience and, and great wisdom. And it's not just from Pete Mellon. I met dozens and dozens of people in his produce store, which was also a cafe, the one that's got the sauna in it you were talking yeah. about, which I found pretty weird and remarkable in itself. I, I met dozens of people who had also cured themselves of almost every type of cancer you can imagine by following the same protocols. So that was very reassuring to me. A woman with breast cancer, a guy with prostate cancer, a fellow with bowel cancer, a woman with uh, Lyme disease from 
Colombia, South America, yeah. which I know it's a different disease and people might say, what's that got to do with cancer? Well, I'd say it's got everything to do with cancer because yeah. once you boost your body's immune system and detoxify your body, it will cure practically anything, including yeah. Lyme disease, which is a horrible, horrible illness, by the yeah. way. And yeah. she did all the juicing and the herbs and all the things Pete recommended and the saunas and the colonics. And I said to her, so how's your health now? I met her at the, which is coming out of the tunnel into the light. I said, how's your health? She said, I would say I'm about 95% there. I still got some bad days, actually not even whole days, but sometimes I don't feel quite right, but pretty much almost there. And she said, I know if I just stick with it a bit longer, I'm gonna get there. It takes time, these things. And my sister, Susan, had fibromyalgia. Yes. Which again, I'm told that is a terrible illness with just so many horrible symptoms, just debilitating symptoms. And I got her onto juicing, which she'd never heard of. And with even a week, she was feeling 70% better. Within a month, 80 to 90% better. Within a couple of months, pretty much cured after she'd been through all the drugs and all the treatments the doctor had to offer with minimal to no effect. But as soon as she got onto the juicing, that she cured herself in a short space of time, just pretty much the juice. Oh, actually also alkaline diet. Yeah. Wow. That's so, you know, I, I my point there was I was blessed to meet an endless stream of people in Pete's Cafe. So it was really a sort of a undercover uh, health clinic or healing clinic. Well, it's not really undercover because there was nothing clandestine about it, but it was an opportunity to meet these people and hear their stories, which I found very encouraging because I think, I'm glad of getting to this point, one of the biggest enemies in people going down the naturopathic road is their conditioning from a lifetime of society of being bombarded by the media and school and society in general saying it ain't going to work and modern medicine is the best we've got to offer and that's so deeply ingrained that it's yeah. very hard for some people to let go of that fortunately yeah. i did because there was a subject i did at university called history and philosophy of science where we explored different paradigms that in human history people have operated within a particular paradigm, which is a framework of knowledge, particularly in science, that they believe to be true. And they wholeheartedly and firmly and deeply believe it to be true. In fact, you wouldn't even question it. For instance, there was a time when people believed that the sun goes around the earth. And then a Polish astronomer called Nicholas Copernicus came along and said, his observations and calculations led him to a different conclusion that the earth travels around the sun. And people thought he's crazy. Like, yeah. They went, but look, it's so obviously not true. It's obvious. Look, you see the sun rising in the east. You see it setting in the west. How can you say such a thing? He said it's an illusion. And he was ridiculed in his lifetime. He never got acceptance. 90 years later, Galileo Galilei, an Italian scientist, came along and said he believed Copernicus was right. Well, he got put in jail. So eventually they proved that they were both right. <laughs> the earth goes around the sun. So a lot of things you've got to appreciate. A lot of the things we believe to be gospel truth ain't gospel truth. We yeah. believe chemotherapy, radiotherapy and, and surgery are best options. I reckon they're the worst options. That's just my humble or even that's my arrogant opinion. <laughs> I-M-A-O. It's, I, do, I, I believe they're the most dangerous. They're the worst options. They kill people. More people die from the chemotherapy than the cancer itself. You'd have to be insane to do it. Yeah. That's my opinion. And, I, and, you're, and you're today, if anything, that people that are listening, I want people just to take even more responsibility and ownership of their health because then if you can just look at things and question things 
and you don't necessarily have to agree with me or with you, Rob, or with anybody, with your doctor, with the, the naturopath, whoever, just question everything and then make your own decision. If people can do that, then yeah. I think they're already halfway there, but at least they can sit and say, I've, I've made the best decision with all the information that I've looked at. I think it's disheartening when I see people block out information and they go, no, without even having a look. I know. I've had people who, uh, for instance, I catch a lot of Ubers around. Uh, it's an easy way to get around in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And so I just have idle chat with Uber drivers and taxi drivers and they'll say, what do you do for a living? I'll say, well, I tutor mathematics, but my main focus these days seems to be on um, helping people to cure themselves of cancer naturopathically. And I'll say, whoa, okay, wow, I'm glad I asked. How fascinating. And I'll say, do you know someone with cancer? And generally they'll say, yes, mm -hmm. my uncle or my auntie or my next door neighbor or sister or whoever. And I'll say, uh, well, um, I've got my book in my, in my shoulder back here. Do you want to have a look at it? And I say, well, when we get to the destination, yes, I'd definitely like to, like to have, take a look at it. And then I'll say to them, you know, I, I think this book would be tremendously helpful for your loved one to help them recover. And they'll generally say, let me take a photograph of it. And I'll say, well, I can sell you one here at a cheaper price because you don't need to pay for postage. You know, yeah. And they say, well, you're a bit of a salesman, aren't you? And I say, well, yes and no. I mean, yes, of course, I'd like to sell a book. But, you know, I'd like to save someone's life, too, is, 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 a, is a bigger thrill than just selling a book. Yeah. And uh, they'll say, yeah, okay, well, you know, you seem pretty decent, pretty pretty um, authentic, pretty uh, believable. Um, and they'll say, I won't buy it right now. Um, but uh, where can I get it? And I'll say, my web store. And generally, they don't buy it. Now, I don't know why I'm telling you this. There's a reason I'm, not, I'm telling it to you. They're not open-minded enough to really embrace it. They think it's a, it's a good idea, it's interesting, it's fascinating, but it's just a bridge too far. It's too hard to, to shift from thinking that doctors and drugs and hospitals are the, are the miracle silver bullet, whatever you call it, to our illnesses, to, to understanding that health and nutrition and lifestyle and mindset are far more powerful than any of these unnatural, dangerous substances and protocols. Yeah, is that cognitive dis dissonance? It's cognitive dissonance no, and confirmation bias. Yeah, it's too big a, and that's even in sometimes when my husband talks to people about what he's doing, I'll say just give them a little version because if you give them the big version, they'll get scared. It'll be like, you know, this is too much. I think sometimes I overwhelm people with my enthusiasm, <laughs> but I am on a mission to help people. Yeah. You know, more than selling a book here and there, and I am selling a lot of books. Yeah. Thankfully, and I'm grateful for that support. But the real thrill comes when I get messages back from people saying, guess what? Remember I had the bladder cancer? This is a Sydney guy, um, Lebanese guy in his 50s who had bladder cancer. He said, remember I had bladder cancer and you spent two days coaching me and I read your book? He said, well, guess what? The labor scan shows no tumor there at all. Yeah. And that's that's the real joy for me. It's like, far out. And, and I said to him pretty much what Rene Case said, I'm delighted for you. I'm thrilled. You're a lovely guy and you deserve to live a happy and healthy life for many years, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I knew this would work. I'm actually not surprised, but I said, I'm impressed that you took it seriously. Yeah. I said, you got to quit this, 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 and this, and you did. You quit those foods and substances. 
And I said, you need to step up this, 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 this. And you did it. Yeah. And you kept coming back saying, what else can I do? What else can I do? I said, the credit has to go to you. But the, How you empowering did... is that to actually know that, that 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 person himself has created change yes. and, and helped <clears throat> to heal his body? Like, it... that is just phenomenal. And you expressed that beautifully. He was willing to embrace change, to think, yeah. well, I love some of those foods. He said to me, but you know what? He said, I don't have any desire to drink soft drinks now, uh, particularly certain ones that have nasty carcinogenic or suspected carcinogenic chemicals. He said, I'd much rather drink coconut water. You got me under the coconut water and yeah. the uh, alkaline water and herbal teas. He said, I'd rather have those because I know they're medicinal and they're doing me good and I never want to go down that same road and end up with that diagnosis again. He said, I've attuned my taste buds. I, I prefer to have these things. I prefer to have a coconut than to have a Mars bar. Whoops, that was a brand name. But to have a, <laughs> I used to work for them. <laughs> oh dear, than to have a candy bar. Yeah, a candy bar. I'll, I'll, I'll watch my language in future. You're not supposed to mention brand names. But you know, he said, I'd rather have a, a, a fresh coconut in a shell, uh, which is tasty and crunchy and, and healthy, uh, and, and actually the electrolytes are not a very good for your body and your, your um, metabolism. He said, I, I just prefer to have that these days. I've, I've changed my way of thinking. Yeah. And he said to me, I don't walk down all those aisles in the supermarket with all the processed foods. He said, I head straight for the produce section. And then within the produce section, I head straight for the organic section. Now, if they haven't got something there I want, I'll go to another store, a different supermarket or produce store to get that particular item. I won't compromise and get the non-organic. Now, the thing is, a little bit of non-organic is not going to kill you, but it's the wrong attitude. If yeah. you're going to do something, you do it seriously. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much, Rob. There's so much information that we've gone through. I, I really appreciate your time. I know we've gone over, um, but I do encourage people, please go and get Rob's book, The Healing Power of Cancer, and that website again. Can you tell me that website again just so that we've got it for people that uh, want to pause the podcast and then write it down? Well, if you could put it below the comments thing, wherever you're going I to put it. I will be your... doing that as well. Thank you. Um, no, it's, it's healingpowerofcancer.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yes. Same as the book without V at Wonderful. the beginning. So that'll be on the um, the notes of the podcast. But I know if you're anything like me, you're walking and you're thinking, and I always take a notebook when I'm walking. So make sure you pause that, rewind it, and make sure you get it down and get um, a copy of Rob's book. Thank you so much, Rob. We're going to do our five, ten fire questions. Are we right. ready? So they are fun fact questions. All right, I'll go first. Team Biden, Team Trump, or Team Robert Kennedy Jr.? RFK. RFK. Same. Pineapple. Well, you're putting me on the spot here, but let's have fun with this. Go on. <laughs> Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No pizzas for good health. Uh, no pizzas of any description. Who would play you in a movie? Ha! Ah, good Lord. Me. I don't know. Uh, is it a documentary or a or a uh, or a, um, a fictitious? Uh, it says you documentary of your life. Gee whiz. Actually, um, there is a friend of mine called Alfio Stuto, who uh, I think has already put his hand up for the part. Oh, perfect. <laughs> What's on one thing on your bucket list? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, 
I would like for my music to become internationally successful. And it's on that same website I told you, by the way, because I'm immensely proud of it. I think it will bring a lot of joy to people. I think they're really great, catchy pop songs. Uh, for that to be recognised and to have a band that could perhaps tour to a wider audience. Beautiful. What's your favourite TV show or movie? I don't watch TV at all. Last time I watched TV was 2002 because yep. I, I feel that it's uh, programs your mindset in a negative way. Yeah. Favourite movie? Ooh, okay. Um, probably something like The Beatles' Hard Day's Night. is a lot of fun. <laughs> what would you change in the world? One thing that you could change in the world? Wow. Uh, more love. Beautiful. If you could have five people that are currently dead or alive to have for dinner, who would you choose? Well, I saw Paul McCartney the other night, so yeah. I'd have him along. <laughs> and you may as well have the other three Beatles. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty overkill, so that's four. So you only one. So one person that I'm, I presume someone I've never had dinner with. Yeah. Okay. Mm, wow. Uh, maybe some other great musician because I'm such a music fanatic um uh maybe I don't know Keith Emerson keyboard player Beautiful. what would you tell your 17 year old self ah keep doing what you're doing like I've got no regrets I have to go down that road and experience what I experienced love it what is something that not many people know about you oh wow okay See, I'm a pretty open book. It's uh, I, and, and in my book, it's a story, The Healing Power yeah. of Cancer. It's not a scientific book. Yeah. It tells a story and really spells out so much about me. Yeah. Jeez. That's a tough one. But they don't know about me. Um, you got a hidden talent? Hmm? Uh, well, maybe they don't know about my first book. Ah, about About emotional and mental health. Yeah. Say hello to happiness. Beautiful. And you can get that on the same website? Same website, yeah. Perfect. What legacy do you want to be remembered for? Make the world a better, happier, healthier place and more loving place. Beautiful. Love it. And, and, you know, that's why I like the Beatles, all you need is love. It's so true. We've, we've got to be kind to each other. We've got to think of the, the, the best interests, not of our selfish interests, of just trying to line our pockets with as much money as we can, but... To, to be caring for other people yeah, and, and to enhance the quality of other people's lives. That's beautiful. All righty, you've got 10 questions for me. I, I do. I get scared for the questions, but go on. <laughs> now, mine are all related to my latest book. They're all about oh. cancer because I thought, you know, stick to the subject, stay in your lane, as they say. Yeah. Number one, what's the number one food that feeds cancer? Sugar. You got it. I gave it away earlier. <laughs> number two. What's the most powerful cancer-fighting vegetable? Oh, uh, could I say, so it's the um, oh, vegetable. Would it be things like kale? The Kale is in the top ten. It's actually garlic. Oh, I was going to say garlic. Yep. And there are many people that I have immense respect for who believe that garlic is actually more effective in killing cancer cells than chemotherapy. So yeah. another good reason to turn away from uh, chemotherapy and I took copious yeah. amounts of garlic in that year of recovery and I still consume it almost daily. Yeah, beautiful. Number three, what will best assist a cancer patient's recovery? Foods with a high pH, a low pH or neutral pH? 
High pH, what did you say? High pH? High pH, low pH, or neutral pH. Mm. Which is the level of acidity or alkalinity. Okay, so it has to be it has to be alkaline. Yeah. Well, that pretty much answers the question. Yeah. And you're not sure whether that's high or low? So it's between the rate of 7.5 to 8, 7 yep. to, to 8? Well, 7 to 10 even. You are correct. High pH high. is... And I've got a, a four-page table of over 100 foods that range from the highest pH to the lowest pH, and I recommend that people are consuming the highest pH and eliminating the low pH. Great. People and with cancer or even people with good health to maintain good health. Right, and that's in your book too, Rob? Oh, yeah, it's four pages. Yeah, perfect. Number four. Yeah. In the year 1900, 5% of Americans uh, were diagnosed with cancer at some point in their life. What do you think was the rate in 2020, according to the American Cancer Society? Oh, I reckon. So um, it's, is it one in two men? Is that, is that what you're talking about or the percentage? Percentage? But you've just said it. One in two is 50% and the actual figure is 55%. Yeah. Wow. So you've nailed it. It's crept up over the years, 5, 10, 20. It's kept creeping up and up. Due, yeah. I believe, I don't know, this is not one of the questions, but I believe to the hazards of modern industrialised society. The food's yeah. gotten worse, the air pollution, the radiation, more stress. You mentioned stress before. Cancer yeah. patients must, must, must reduce their stress, yeah. which is another thing I help people to do. Yeah. But it's, it's escalated to 55% and it's believed it will continue to rise. Wow. Uh, alarming, but... Uh, worth knowing number five in the 1920s a canadian nurse named renee case formulated a very effective cure for cancer which comprised four herbs i'm not going to ask you for those four herbs that's too difficult what i'm going to ask you is why did she call it essiac tea oh, i thought it was going to say what is it no it was going to say essiac tea why did she oh why why did she give it that, that name essiac I, I don't know that one it's the reverse spelling of her surname. Ah! <laughs> Amazing. It's clever. Uh, but definitely, more importantly, any cancer patient watching this or the loved one, got to get onto the SACT ASAP. It's remarkable. Do you, did you get onto the nettle tea as well, Rob? Uh, yes, because I had... Remember I said my men mentor was Pete Meloff? Yeah. He had what he called his liver cleanse tea and his kidney cleanse tea. And, yeah. net, and they had like all a dozen different herbs in each of them, and yeah. nettle was one of them. So, without even consciously taking it or buying it, it was within those um, what would you call it mixtures that he put together. Yeah. Right. So yes, yes. Um, what do the following herbs all have in common? Licorice root, powdarko, dandelion, cinnamon, cloves, slippery elm, and parsley. I don't know. I bet you could guess it because it's a loaded question. <laughs> I don't know. All my questions revolve around the same thing, remember? Well, they're cancer healing. They all have cancer-fighting properties. Yeah. Okay. So anyone that thinks we need more research to get new drugs, the latest and yeah. greatest and more powerful drugs, I believe is misguided. So Mother what are they again? So say those again. Oh, licorice root, powdarko, dandelion, cinnamon, cloves, slippery elm, and parsley. And there are more, and they're all in my book too. Yeah, great. Anyone, so, you know, Mother Nature uh, is brilliant and benevolent and has equipped us, she has equipped us. Notice how we ascribe Mother Nature as a woman, <laughs> uh, as a nurturer and, and, uh, and protector 
has uh, provided us with all the things we need to stay healthy if we care to learn about them and consume them. It's all there. They kill cancer. And I was drinking that herbal tea every day. And to this day, I still drink it. Number seven, I think we're up to. The word pharmaceutical derives from the Greek word pharmakon. What is the meaning? What is the translation of pharmakon? It's a con? No. <laughs> no nice, nice try. I, I, do, I have read this, but I, I can't remember it. A poison. Oh, no, I didn't read it then. So by their own admission, pharmaceuticals are poisons. Wow. But they would say, yes, we need to poison bad things in your body. Yes. I would say, no, your body will do that for you. You just need to provide the right nutrition and nourishment to achieve that. Yeah. And in fact, Bruce, Bruce Lipton says the brain is the chemist. The brain will release the healing hormones into the bloodstream. Yeah. And speaking of him, number eight, in his best-selling book, The Biology of Belief, which you held up before, yep. American epigeneticist Dr. Bruce Lipton claims that positive emotions will help a cancer patient to heal. What is his explanation? Why would, why would that happen? Why would that work? Why would... Hmm. Positive because of what you talked about. The it is. Yeah. You got it. I gave it away Dolphins earlier. And all that sort of stuff. Correct. They trigger the release of healing hormones such as dopamine, oxytocin, vasopressin, serotonin, the human growth hormone into the bloodstream. Yeah. So when you're happy and laughing and joyful, which great music or dancing or art or just mm. even exercise can, can get the uh, blood pumping and get the, uh, what's it called, um, endorphins. In yeah. your body and gives you a joyful feeling that will accelerate the recovery of any kind of illness particularly cancer yeah uh second last question what does hulda clark's zapper do it's an electrical zapper oh so is that what measures your body fat no no okay it sends weak electrical current to your body which yeah. kills parasites including candida albicans, which is believed to be cancer. Interesting. So her zapper will help to cure cancer. And again, I wouldn't say it's the be-all and end-all, but I bought one and I do attribute part of my recovery to using that daily. Okay. Very weak currents that you, you don't feel like an electrical shock. It's, it's yeah, yeah. The current is so incredibly low. You actually don't feel anything. Wow. And it's safe. And and so you just bought it, so you've got it at home. You can yep, just... yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it came from the, the discoveries of an American inventor called Royal Rife. His first name was actually Royal, very unusual name. And uh, he came up with his zappers and then she adapted his technology to her devices. And she's no longer alive, but her website's still active and you can read about it. And, and the company still continues to manufacture and sell them. Wow. Interesting. And it also will cure a very wide range of illnesses, including it will cure tooth decay so if you've got rot, rot teeth it will actually kill the parasites which are causing that decay wow, that's <laughs> and, and that's still only the tip of the iceberg my book goes into that a little bit too yeah and my final question how long do my cancer recovery take and you know the answer to that 13 months correct <laughs> fantastic well that was that was a challenging 10 questions but i loved it i decided <laughs> to make it all related to the topic at hand not just random stuff I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you. so. You've been so um, generous with your time because I know we've gone way over 
Um, but I know that all of the information that you gave was so valuable for myself and for the listeners. And again, I want to encourage everyone that's listening to buy your book, um, The Healing Power of Cancer. And as I said, the website will be um, on the link below um, so that people can go and purchase that and get in contact with Rob in regards to on that website where you can just do the contact form and anyone that's wanting any mentoring um, or even just have a quick discussion to see where, where you're at. Um, I'm happy to have a free phone chat free of charge. And yeah. then uh, if they wish to proceed with 60-minute consultations, that's up to them. Yeah. And particularly those that are going through this cancer journey or have got a family member, it can be really overwhelming to have all of this information that you've got to sift through with you know, people that, yes, they, they care about you and they give you all this information, but it's really great to have a mentor. Uh, as Rob, you had mentors that really helped you yep. to have someone like Rob that's going to help you navigate through all of the noise, particularly when, you know, you've got that diagnosis. It can be a really challenging time. So I do suggest that you get in contact with Rob uh, as a potential mentor for you and your family. So thank you so much, Rob, for your time and your valuable information that you gave. And pleasure, yeah, I Janelle. really, I really appreciate the time. And I've learned a lot from you too today. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.